Hey, welcome to Driven by Design, the only show that shows you the future of automotive design with our driven designer, Brian Thompson. Hey, Brian. Hello. Proud to be here. Welcome to the first show of a show I've wanted to put on for years since we started the station. I just grew up in the car business. My dad was an executive for Chrysler Corporation, and we were car crazy as kids. And then where do I move? To California, (laughs) which is even more car crazy here. So... I've thought this is a conversation long overdue, and I welcome you to OC Talk Radio. Uh, As I said, I am proud to be here. This is a a passion. And uh, yeah, I think we're going to discover a lot of really cool things with this show. Well, you know, cars reflect who we are, who we think we are. And uh, so I want to see where we're going, because you guys live in the future of this all the time here. (laughs) Tell us your background. Who is Brian Thompson? Well, I'm a a redneck from Arizona, (laughs) uh, and I design cars. Uh, You know, I've been about... Just pickup trucks. So, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like pickup trucks the best. Although I drive, I tend to drive tiny little things like Fiats. I don't know why. It is. Whenever <laughs> we'll talk I about that someday. Yeah. Put the pen to paper, a big truck comes out. Yeah, I've been in the car industry for about two decades. Uh, God, that sounds so long to me now. But yeah, started out in France, working at Citroën, and then uh, you did. Wow, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're going to talk about that someday. Oh, That's cool. Of the but the yeah, the uh, and then uh, spent a good decade at Nissan, uh, re- working in house. Uh, was part of the restructuring of Nissan back in '99, and that was and, here somewhere. Yeah, Southern California, San Diego, and um, really had an amazing experience, uh, and sort of sowed my oats and sort of grew my wings, if you will, for entrepreneurship. And after a decade, I started my own consulting. Well, let's get your big uh, gets out on the table here. What did you get to do when you were at Nissan? I thought you had a hand in some rather well-known vehicles. Oh, there. you know, I <laughs> was such a fun experience. I got to, I did the first uh, Titan interior right out of school, and it was like... <laughs> That's I, the truck, right? That's uh-huh, the pickup truck? Yeah, and the, and the Armada, the same interior. But um, just was such a cool thing because I was a kid, and I didn't know what the heck I was doing, and then I won this, you know, I sketched this theme that won, and it was like, you just had to jump in and do it, and that was like, uh, you know, trial by fire. It was amazing. And then, um, you know, a bunch of show cars that nobody will remember, you know, obviously various, you know, luxury cars. But the thing I was most proud of, the last thing I did before I left Nissan uh, was the NV2500 cargo van, which is, you know, still current vehicle. And it's it's like, it just makes me so happy. To the thing them. you're proudest of is a cargo van? Yeah, yeah. People always say that. And it's like, <laughs> I've even had like clients be like, are you really proud of that? I'm like, yeah. I love uh, the everyman vehicles. I love seeing vehicles that are customized, that people make their own they get them dirty and beat up like an old pair of jeans you know and um, I really tried to make that vehicle have not only a great stance but also be something that people would connect with and want to make their own and you know and I I always like to say like I have friends who did cars like you know Ford GT and you know these supercars but I get to see mine every day Mm, and it makes me happy so (laughs) so is this show that we've put together here uh, driven by design is this just inside baseball is just those for who are driven by design or is this got an everyman aspect is there something everybody can learn from this show i think the the, the philosophy of what i always will learn what i love about design being for everybody is i hope the show really does appeal to different uh types of audiences it's really a show about inspiration and connection so mm-hmm. uh you can find inspiration anywhere and we're going to explore that so we're going to tie it to the car industry but we're going to have visiting guests from all sorts of different industries that have some connection to the car you've industry. even worked with what i think is another iconic thing uh, sort of like in the car business i guess it's on the periphery of it airstreams yes yeah i uh, i've had a relationship with airstreams since about 2003 i wrote them a fan letter 
That sounds and, weird when you say that. I've had a relationship with them here. Well, you know, it's like you know what they're like family. <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, yeah, I wrote them a fan letter. Gosh, almost twenty years ago, and uh, that letter sat for three years until somebody else found it. Uh, Bob Wheeler, the the new president. Somebody found your fan letter. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was written to the president uh, that had was the president at the time. He just stuck it in his desk, and when he retired, his, <laughs> somebody's uh, cleaning out the desk. And what's yeah, this? Yeah, Bob Wheeler, who became the president, uh, found it. Uh, Bob Wheeler and Dickie Regal together. They found it and they called me. And they said, what's this letter I'd written? I said, I want to do like a collaboration with you. And um, that begat a relationship that uh, it still continues to this day. And what an incredible story. We'll have to talk more about that one. It's like writing a fan letter to Steven Spielberg and having the next person in the chair find it <laughs> instead. Yeah. yeah, yeah, writing it for Goonies and finding yeah. out that it's like you find it with a Stranger Things. You can yeah, see. suddenly Tarantino's calling Tarantino, you. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, so what was your inspiration? What was your connection to the car business? You grew up in Arizona. I don't picture Arizona as a car culture. Yeah, I'm, I'm from a little town called Prescott, Prescott, Arizona, and, and we do say Arizona, uh, which is, <laughs> means, you know, it is of the people. No, um, I, I'm really proud <laughs> of my For the roots. people, yeah. yeah. I, uh, I'm proud of my roots in Arizona, and I, I love growing up there. Um, you know, we always had, like, 70s Japanese cars, and I really love those. <laughs> like, you know, the hot vi- the vinyl seats that burn the back of your Is this like a Datsun? Yeah, uh-huh, right? Datsun. We had a Subaru, you know, all, all those little teeny little cars. And I was always, I just loved the benign charm of those cars. Mm. And more so We used than, to call those clown cars in Detroit. Yeah, because you, you can know. get all your friends in them. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> That's true. I had a lot of clown friends, yeah. I um I always used to draw these little pods when I was kids that didn't when I was a kid that didn't look like cars, but oddly, and these pods would be like people facing each other. Did you st- watch Invasion of the Body Snatchers? Were yeah, you pod it, people. It, kind of like that with but with let's imagine with like four people to a pod, and I don't know why I just love the idea of the way people connected in a space as a little kid, and so um you know oddly that's what cars are turning into this day. They're 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 these little transport devices where people face each other. So you're sitting s- in Prescott. Mm-hmm. And you decide you're going to be a designer. Did you go to design school? Was this by accident or was this by design? Uh, you know, I, it, gosh, back then, you know, there wasn't internet, right? So you have to put yeah. yourself in that time frame. Right. I was so driven, uh, so enthusiastic, and I had no resources. Uh, I didn't even know how you became a car designer. Long story short, I was at Arizona State studying architecture, told my guidance counselor I wanted to be a car designer, and he said to me, you know, son, that's a pipe dream. All you guys want that. And I was so upset by what he said that I dropped out of college uh, that month, and I moved to France uh, with no money. I didn't speak French. Why why France? I was really obsessed with French cars. Okay. And French guys, so I would have went there just to see, like, if I could find <laughs> they love go in hand the in hand, probably. I mean, yeah, yes, right. They do. Uh, so, and I moved there, and I lived in. I I found a met a guy in a bar. He let me live in a trailer, uh, and I lived in a camper for a year. And I went to every car studio in Europe, uh, on you know, like the Eurail Pass, or I just. Oh, what do you train. just knock on the door and say I'm here? I did exactly that, uh, and nobody would see me. Of course, <laughs> big, I was like a skinny, yeah. dirty kid weighing you know a buck ten, uh, until I ended up at Fiat. Uh, I went to Torino, Italy and slept on a park bench. And in the morning I went to the Fiat uh, uh, headquarters and I just refused to leave until somebody would see me. Oh and, my um, goodness, what an incredible, this is literally like the stories we hear about getting into Hollywood. Yeah, right? well, it's kind of, yeah, a car yeah. industry has and, a And to me, it had that same glamour and feel to it growing up as a kid. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it still does. Yeah, this wasn't as glamorous. It was very, uh, you know, uh, Turin at the time was very industrial. And the park bench, I can tell you, was not <laughs> glamorous. No. 
But the uh, long story short, I, I guess it is a long story. So who came out and uh, saw you? Peter what? Davis was the design director at the time. I don't know why. I guess he saw something in me, and he spent the day with me. He and, cleared. And did you have a portfolio, <laughs> yes, or did you? I did. I had this little portfolio of all my little cars, and I remember he said to me these words. He said, "You are green, but you have the it." that makes a car designer ah. different from a product designer. Wow. And, I, and I will never forget those words. And, and so he basically told me where to go to college, how to make a proper portfolio. He said, don't put any cars in it. They're going to teach you how to draw cars, draw people, ah, draw naked people, because p- cars are based on proportions and people are proportions. So I, I did everything he said. I just did what he said. And um, it was funny, like you know, 15 years later, I met him at a party and I went up to him and I was like... You don't probably remember me, but you've changed my life. Changed and, my life, literally. Yeah. yeah, and he did remember me, and we we're good friends today. So, what a story! Yeah. Okay, talk about driven to <laughs> to be in this business here, uh, sleeping in a park bench until they drive you away. <laughs> All right, so where did you go to school? Um, well, um, so th- I started at Art Center in Switzerland, but it closed as soon as I got there. So then I <laughs> was like crazy. Is there a connection between the two? Maybe, who right. knows, right? right? But so I got to have the great culture shock of moving from Lausanne, Switzerland to Detroit, Michigan. Mm-hmm. And I, I, where I'm uh, from, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I spent four years at College for Creative Studies in Detroit, Michigan. I really. I, I've never I, even heard of that. Is that downtown somewhere? Mm-hmm. It's right across from the DIA. It's right downtown. Yeah, the, the Detroit Institute of Sorry, Art, yes. for those who don't know. Yeah. Detroit Institute of Art. It's we, right. And when you when people say they live in Detroit, they typically don't live in Detroit. Like we lived in the proper Detroit. And, you know, with the houses that they burned down on, on, yeah. on Halloween, et cetera. And it was an amazing experience. It was like be a student in a world of anarchy. You know, like it was, it was just craziness yeah. there. And I had. I had such a blast. I, I really loved my experience <laughs> at school. Li- you like this anarchy, this chaos, this industrial uh, rust. I did, but I also have this sort of, you know, I don't know, side of me that's like, nice things are nice. So, like, after school, I was like, I'm moving to San Diego. Yeah. <laughs> and that's where I got. Enough of this. Yeah, I went to, uh, and that's when I started at Nissan right out of college. And another, you know, same thing. I wrote Nissan a fed fan letter. and said I wanted to do a Datsun for my senior thesis. and um, So fan letters seem to be part of your success formula here, uh, whether it's uh, a fan letter to Nissan or a fan letter to Airstream or just standing outside saying, let me in. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the, I think that's the spirit there. That's been the, the spirit of my whole career. Please let me in. <laughs> Please let me in. All right. So when you got in, what did you see? Oh, like, gosh. Was, was it what you thought you'd see? Was it exciting, glamorous, and fun? Or was it boring and industrial and they're putting you in a little niche and you're going to design this little bolt? You're, you're going to design the steering column on something and you're like, what? Yeah. My... um. My experience the minute I started my career was, first of all, my uh, my mentor, Alfonso Albaiza, he, he, when I was interviewing, he came over, took off my tie, and sat in my lap. And that's when I knew, like, I'm entering something <laughs> totally <laughs> unlike what I expected. <laughs> and I got hired. And the, the first thing I did, they, they you know, I... I, I couldn't. I didn't know what I was going to get into. Uh, it, when I joined that, um, I remember there were people uh, from uh, Chrysler or you know some of the Americans that told me I was joining a sinking ship because Nissan was going bankrupt yeah. at the time. Yeah. But I had this feeling that what, with, what year was this roughly? N- 1999 when okay. Renault purchased Nissan, and I just felt because I had been in France during my internships, there was a French sensibility to design that's really good, but they don't maybe make the best cars in yeah, terms of quality, right. but the Japanese do. Right. And so I thought you put French design sensibility with Japanese quality and like it's a sure bet. And I and I went in there and it was like it, that thing you just said about being put into a niche and having designed a door handle. I, I never, 
it was such a wonderful thing because I got to start from scratch. The first thing that we did was establish the brand values of what the new company was going to be. And as a student, I, I just this is so, Nissan Renault. Yeah, like what was Nissan going to be? You know, things like uh, like for this the truck I was working on. You know, there were words like you know, words like massive precision and like you know uh, muscular. Planers, you know these words that were just. I, I Does that come first? Did they sit and decide what the adjectives are, and then try and design towards them, or did they just turn you loose and say, "What do you got?" So, what I didn't know at the time was I was learning the skills that were going to serve me for the rest of my career as a, as a design consultant. Because what I learned was that before you set pen, before you set pen to paper, you have to understand the philosophy of who and what you're designing for. Yeah. So, if you just sit down and start drawing, you can draw anything, but it might be totally irrelevant. And so, the first things I learned to do was to establish the brand values, the feeling. What, is, what are the priorities of this brand or this product? How do you do that? So I think in something like uh, a case like that, it was how do we take what is great about this company and connect it to people in a way that has been failing to do so. And so we, you know, I learned to establish a form of vocabulary that was modern but approachable, was not that was um, friendly but confident. Words that meant that when people saw it, they were attracted to it, they weren't put off by it. And so I, I've used that in my career ever since of like, it's all about connecting to the people who are going to be in, uh, inspired and have an emotional reaction to this product more than... Because you want them to have an... Uh, more so than any other product I can think of, you want people to respond emotionally. My daughter just went out looking for cars and she got one, and, and it wasn't the one I thought she was going to get because somehow it wasn't because the salesman, you know, mm-hmm. you love the salesman, I know that's part of it, and they're good to you and they're good price. She had an emotional connection to a vehicle that I'd never seen her have before. Yeah, vehicles are always emotional purchases despite what anyone will tell you. Um, some people will... And her husband didn't see it, and I'm not sure I saw it. And, and, and to be clear, my daughter has a, a five-year-old, and, and she's pregnant with... Our second grandchild, thank you. <laughs> Congratulations. And, and um, suddenly she's at that age where she wants what her husband can't see and what old Gramps can't see. She wants a mom mobile. Yeah, so, there, so there's a... She wants something she can picture her kids in. And the side. I could see her. She got a big... Basically, she got a... Um, what's the uh, Touring by Volkswagen? Mm-hmm. And it kind of has this m- massive square feel to it, which is not at all what I thought she'd go for. But she likes it because it... I'm sure it felt safe. I'm sure it felt, you know, secure. And I'm f- sure it felt she could picture all the stuff she's going to stick in there, the soccer bags and all the other stuff. It, it spoke to her on a primal level. So, yeah, you know, if you really think about did. it, they're, 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 the car industry right now, there, there isn't a bad car in this American market. The, the standards of, uh, for, you know, uh, are, are so high. So just, just go out and find the good, the reliable. I always say buy the car that makes you smile. Yeah, from the inside, and like because they're they're in 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 what what's happening there is that it's meeting all the things that we call practical. You know, the mileage I can put my kids in, I put my stuff in it. Yeah, and but I can afford this, it and all the other. Things. I can yeah. afford it, but there's this underlying current that a lot of people sometimes don't even realize they're being affected by the forms, the shapes, the colors, the things that are uh, the the way the car smells can affect how your mm. reaction to it and and your connection to it. Um, there's great stories we can tell in this podcast. About. I know your next guest when we're gonna we're gonna do two shows here today. Their next guest has a marketing background as well as a design background. She'll get a smile out of this. When it was all said and done and she sealed the deal, 
they did what I've never seen a dealer do before, and they brought out a big red bow. Oh, yeah. And they put it on the car, and she immediately started posting it all over social media. And I thought, well, that's the simplest trick I've ever seen in my life. Oh, my goodness. It, it sealed the deal. It was a present to her. It was a present to herself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. You know, and I think that's what, and that's that's um, you know, on the on the highest level, that that's what you, you know, of course you want you want cars to be successful, but you really you're des- you're a human designing for a human. So you want to make something that makes people happy. Uh, my one of my mentors, Tom Matano, who created the Mazda Miata, always said, if you're gonna be a part of creating the future, why not create a happy future? instead of a post-apocalyptic mm. future. Oh, wow. And so I always thought... I'm an old Star Trek kid, so yeah. we're going to have a positive look at the future here, not a, not the negative <laughs> doom and gloom. Uh. Exactly. I mean, you know, <laughs> and, and you also, you know, we're not... like we, the, I think what a designer does is is it's it's not curing cancer and it's not saving lives, but it is providing the service that's a really cool thing. We can affect the world that we live in. We can... We can, we can so let me ask you the question everybody's happy. thinking right now. Yeah. We're talking about a day and an era when cars meant something. Thing, when we felt a connection to them, now they are all the XY two sixty four with uh, eight point six liters of this or something. Do we? And, and we're thinking of them as uh, self propelled buses, mm-hmm. uh, automated uh, vehicles. Are we losing that? Have we stopped anthropom? What's the anthropomorphizing? Yeah. yeah, or you turn it into. Uh, something it's Betsy. It's something you feel an attachment to. Are we losing that? Is it becoming just an appliance? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. So, if you think and, and if you really think about what the concept of a car is, right? That concept is in transition right now. Yeah. So if it if it in the fifties and sixties, if it was really you know the new cars every year, it's it's a status symbol. You know, it, it, it was it, a suit you it, put it's on. A suit you put on. Right. And and as it's transitioning, the what's becoming more meaningful to people is the freedom of mobility. So while there always will be this connection, I believe, to driving, driving is a cathartic experience. It's something mm-hmm. that gives people pleasure, but there's also commuting, which is not so pleasurable. No. And it's if you if you can think about the meaning and the emotional connection, connection to being able to have mobility, it means that the the connection is there, but it's not the same as it was when you drove the car. So think about you know right now when you're you ride a passage as you're 16, you get your driver's license. Yeah. But what if you have that mobility all all your life? What if you have that mobility after you can't drive anymore? Yeah. So there's a meaningful. Why is everybody there? looking at me in the room here? Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. As yeah. I get older, I worry about that. I had to take my dad's car keys away many years ago and wasn't too happy. My car executive couldn't drive anymore here. Yeah. So I think that there's you know meaning shifts, but. And also personalization shifts. You know, the cars, I, I, you know, I, it's not too far out to imagine a smart skins car that can change colors and, and, um, and, and content. All right. Now you got me. So we're going to not just talk about the deep, dark undertones of uh, the American psyche here. We might actually get into some fun and some freedom and into some other fantasies that we haven't. Oh, there's one I never thought of. The car would adapt to you. Right. It's like a mood wait, ring. Wait till we get into the bench seat and all the things you can do in a bench seat that you can't do in a bucket seat anymore. <laughs> well, all right. I don't know. We're going to keep this PG. So I don't know. <laughs> no, PG-13. <laughs> so, um, um, where are we going to hear this? This is Driven by Design. How do people get in touch with you if they do want to find out more about what you do? You're, you're now an independent designer? Is Correct. That and, yeah, I, um, I came up with a very creative name of naming my consultancy <laughs> Brian Thompson Design. Mm. So it's BrianThompsonDesign.com, and then on all social media platforms, you know, Instagram, Twitter, And Facebook, spell it. How do we is, spell Brian? That can be a lot of ways. Is, uh, yeah, my, my handle on those is, is Brian S. Thompson. So it's B-R-Y-A-N, S like Scott Thompson, on all social Tom- media. 
with a P in there. With a P, thank you. T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N. Yeah, I wish I had some creative name, but you know what? That's what I got. It's good enough for who it's for. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, tune in each and every week as we find out more people like you, this crazy tribe that calls themselves Driven by Design, right here in Orange County's only community radio station, octalkradio.net. (laughs) 